0: I'm Ana Ramon. I'm the executive director of Annie's List. Woo-woo! Progress Texas is one of the only shops that do quick-and-fire response media and literally has saved multiple Democratic asses (laughs) over some decades. I'll take a page out of a not-so-progressive book, Mitt Romney's book. I would love binders full of women (laughs) running for Texas office. (laughs) It's Friday, January 26, 2024, and this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. Wild developments yesterday in the standoff between Governor Greg Abbott and President Joe Biden over border issues as the president's predecessor, and leading Republican candidate and presumptive nominee to succeed Biden for the GOP wades in in what amounts to a call for armed civil war. William Bayencourt at the Daily Beast writes that Donald Trump is calling on, quote, all willing states to deploy their guards to Texas, unquote, to back Governor Abbott's Operation Lone Star and what these people are clearly envisioning as a violent clash with federal forces. Let's be clear. The former president of the United States, who organized an attempted coup on his way out the door after losing re-election, currently under dozens of criminal and civil indictments, has called on Republican-led states to join Texas militarily against the elected American government. We keep waiting for the crazy to peak, but we don't appear quite there yet, especially considering that the governors of fully half of the states in the country, 25 in total, lacking only Vermont Governor Phil Scott, released a joint statement of solidarity with Governor Abbott yesterday. Stephen Laporte, the Daily Mail says four of those governors, Georgia's Brian Kemp, Joe Lombardo of Nevada, New Hampshire's Chris Sununu, and Virginia's Glenn Youngkin all represent states that Biden won in the 2020 election. Meanwhile, from the in the quiet part out loud department, all this Republican outrage over the border doesn't mean they want to solve the issue, rather the opposite— Sahil Kapoor and Frank Thorpe at NBC News write that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell in a private meeting earlier this week outlined the political difficulties for his party in agreeing to any deal on immigration and foreign aid, including opposition from Trump, and the notion that preventing an agreement on the border will cause voters to blame President Biden for a chaotic situation at the border. As the November election approaches, let's hope American voters are sharp enough to see through this obvious charade. Over to the environment and a huge win to report today. CBS News says the Biden administration is delaying consideration of new natural gas export terminals in the United States. Aligning with environmental advocates who fear the huge increase in exports in the form of liquefied natural gas or LNG is locking in potentially catastrophic planet warming emissions while the president has pledged to cut climate pollution in half by 2030. The White House issued a statement linked in the notes this morning that reads in part, "Quote: "...while MAGA Republicans willfully deny the urgency of the climate crisis, condemning the American people to a dangerous future, my administration will not be complacent. We will not cede to special interests. We will heed the calls of young people in frontline communities who are using their voices to demand action from those with the power to act." And as America has always done, we will turn crisis into opportunity, creating clean energy jobs, improving quality of life, and building a more hopeful future for our children. Coral Davenport at the New York Times says Donald Trump, in contrast, holds fast to his insane belief that global warming is a hoax and has promised to expand fossil fuel production and shred President Biden's climate agenda, saying we're going to drill baby drill right away, he told voters after he won the Iowa caucuses earlier this month. So much is on the line in November. Kathleen Thompson, Progress, Texas executive director, says in a statement, quote, Progress, Texas celebrates action from the Biden administration and U.S. Department of Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, acknowledging liquefied natural gas exports harm to American citizens and the environment. Texas and neighbor Louisiana are two of the top oil and gas exporters, and we have an interest in ensuring prices stay affordable here at home that our families are safe from the high and long-term costs of LNG on our health and local economies, and of course, not adding more fuel to the fire of our already scorching climate. We believe this pause in approvals is real progress. President Biden is answering the call to action across the country, and a pause will help combat the climate crisis in Texas, one of the most threatened states in America, One more on the environment while we're here. Alejandro Martinez at the Texas Tribune and Dylan Badur at Inside Climate News introduce us to what's called upset emissions. These are instances in which extreme weather leads to what federal law calls, quote, unintentional and temporary noncompliance with pollution standards because of factors beyond the reasonable control of the industrial user, unquote. This recent cold snap over the MLK weekend resulted in the releasing of about 1 million pounds of excess pollution by Texas industry as machinery froze, power went out, and icy conditions blocked service crews. Between January 14th and 17th, companies submitted reports to the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality on at least 36 of these upset emission events just this month. And this doesn't just happen when the temperature drops. Luke Metzger, executive director of the nonprofit Environment Texas, says, quote, polluters continue to scale on weatherization, which leads to big pollution dumps during extreme cold and hot weather, unquote. See the link in the show notes for the gross details and all the nasty stuff dumped on Texas just this month. Over to abortion rights and an outrageous new statistic that's emerged since Texas's near-complete ban on abortion was enacted two years ago. Julian Gill at the Houston Chronicles says Texas has counted an estimated 26,313 rape-related pregnancies during the 16 months after the state outlawed all abortions without exception for victims of rape or incest. According to a study published earlier this week in the Journal of the American Medical Association, Texas has the highest estimate of new rape-related pregnancies among the 14 states currently with total abortion bans, highlighting the magnitude of the impact of these laws on Texas women, especially those who can't access abortion pills or travel out of state to receive abortion care. Due to the high level of stigma associated with rape-related pregnancy, the numbers we're discussing here are almost certainly a significant undercount. And Governor Abbott clearly has been devoting more time to playing field marshal down at the border, and to his promise a while back that, quote, goal number one in the state of Texas is to eliminate rape, unquote. He's been busy, you know. Speaking of which, as Abbott and Attorney General Ken Paxton have been touring the state backing primary opponents for incumbent lawmakers who dared step out of line on school vouchers and the Paxton impeachment, one state senator thinks that impeachment is worth another look. John Diaz and Matt Contu at TV in Austin say state senator Drew Springer, North Texas Republican who's announced his retirement, has called for the impeachment trial of Ken Paxton to be reopened months after Springer himself voted to acquit Paxton. In a letter to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and his Senate colleagues, inspired by Paxton's recent call not to contest the facts of a whistleblower lawsuit filed against him and accept whatever the judge decides in that case, Springer says, quote, While A.G. Paxton claims this decision is not an admission of guilt, the fact of the matter is it is an admission of guilt. He can't accept the whistleblower's claims against him while touting he's innocent against those very claims, unquote. This move by Paxton was likely to avoid being deposed in the lawsuit. That deposition is still on the schedule for February 1st, and looks like that move could possibly backfire. We've been talking about the initial impacts of the trashing of DEI initiatives at the University of Texas at Austin recently, and there's more on that. Marcella Rodriguez at the Dallas Morning News says UT has eliminated a scholarship for undocumented students, citing the state's DEI ban. This annual award ranged from $500 to $1,000 per recipient and was part of the Monarch program an initiative designed to support undocumented students, which itself was also eliminated as of January 1st, as reported by the UT student newspaper The Daily Texan. Multiple undocumented UT students who were part of Monarch have questions about why the university eliminated the program, citing the DEI ban as they say they were told throughout the fall semester that the program would be safe because it's not based on race or gender. Also from the Dallas Morning News, confusion related to your car in Texas and specifically what's required and what's not when it comes to annual inspections. And it turns out it depends on where you live. Reporter Dave Lieber writes that inspection requirements have largely been eliminated for most privately owned cars unless you live in one of the 17 most highly populated counties in the state, which are still under a requirement for annual emissions testing. Those counties are Brazoria, Collin, Dallas, Denton, El Paso, Ellis, Fort Bend, Galveston, Harris, Johnson, Kaufman, Montgomery, Parker, Rockwall, Tarrant, Travis, and Williamson. And here's the kicker, even while the state service of some degree of confidence that our fellow drivers are driving alongside us in vehicles that are conceivably safe enough to share the road with, Will still be paying what Lieber calls a ghost fee of $7.50 per year for that inspection you no longer have to get. Texas gonna Texas. Winding down here, required weekend reading, even for those of us who might find this next one obvious, Kayla Harris at the Houston Chronicle asks Why are primaries in Texas so important? It's vital to explain to your non-wonky friends and family that very few non-statewide races in Texas are competitive come November because lawmakers regularly redraw the state's political maps to make districts safely Republican or Democrat via gerrymandering. Easy enough to understand, but harder to understand, is why primary elections in Texas have remained very low turnout contests. In 2020, only about a quarter of all registered voters in the state cast a ballot in either primary, compared to a turnout of about 67% of registered voters during the general election of 2020. This leaves, of course, only the most motivated and passionate, meaning in many cases the most extreme voters— to have an outsized call on who ends up in office. Again, we wonks understand all this and fight against it every day, but this is important stuff to convey to our less engaged Texas friends. Regardless of party, really, a bigger, more reasonable turnout for Texas primaries could conceivably result in more reasonable leadership, something we're clearly lacking in a major way these days. And speaking of which, as we head for the weekend, two live events of interest for Texas progressives gearing up for the March primary up in the DFW area on Saturday, Progress Texas is co-hosting candidate forums for the races for U.S. Congressional District 24 and Texas Senate District 16, 2 p.m. Saturday at the Fannin Performance Hall at the Dallas College Richland Campus, featuring a nice, calm talk with incumbent State Senator Nathan Johnson and challenger State Representative Victoria Nayave Criado, followed by congressional candidates Francine Lee and Sam Epler, who are both looking to be the Democratic choice to challenge incumbent Republican Beth Van Dyne. Progress Texas will be set up on site. Come say hi and grab the merch to match your progressive values. And Sunday, January 28th, a debate in Austin between the candidates seeking the nomination to face Ted Cruz. For his U.S. Senate seat, happening as part of the Texas AFL-CIO's COPE convention, featuring Dallas U.S. Representative Colin Allred, San Antonio State Senator Roland Gutierrez, and State House Rep. Carl Sherman of DeSoto, this debate will not be broadcast and is also not open to the public, making it a curious choice by polling leader Allred as the only pre-primary debate he's agreed to join. But do look for live streaming options on multiple platforms and Progress Texas will be on site to record the debate. We plan to publish that recording on this podcast feed by Monday. And finally, a great opportunity to support Progress Texas this all-important election year. Whether you follow us for our great pods, our handy and popular digital voter guides, or our great-looking and easy-to-understand GoVoteTexas.org website, which in English and Spanish helps Texans navigate registering and voting, you can support our work during the annual Amplify Austin Nonprofit and Charity Fundraiser, of which the early giving phase is underway now. No matter where in Texas you live, you can sign up to be a fundraising champion and help Progress Texas continue to shape positive, progressive messaging for the issues you care about. We're eligible for bonuses, too including the org with the most unique donors. So donations of any amount at all are a big help. We thank you in advance. That's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch for this Friday, January 26, 2024. Links to all these original stories can be found in our show notes. Progress Texas is a nonprofit rapid response media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. While campaigns come and go, we're the permanent home for progressive media and action in the Lone Star State. Find our web store and other ways to support our ongoing mission at progresstexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend and we'll see you again on Monday.